0: Welcome to this week's Energy Show. The economics of energy have changed dramatically over the past dozen years or so, and it's because of new technology. There's new energy generation technologies like wind and solar, and there's new energy saving technologies like heat pumps and EVs and LED light bulbs and things like that. So it's a combination of new technology on the generation and storage side, like lithium-ion batteries and changes on the way in which we're using energy. So, everything we thought about energy just a few years ago may not be accurate anymore. So, this week we're going to be talking about what I call 10 energy saving myths. These are 10 things that you used to think that were true that may no longer be true. Okay. Well, here's the first one. These are in no particular order, so I'm not saying that one myth is more important than another, and I'm not as qualified as mythbusters on TV, but anyway, this is this is kind of a surprising one. The myth electric cars are cheaper than gas cars. Well, let's just run through the numbers. So gas at $3 a gallon, well, let's say you get 40 miles per gallon on average in an economy car. And I, I just kind of do a comparison based on a miles per dollar. That works out to be 13 miles for every dollar. So every dollar in gasoline you put in, you get you drive your car 13 miles. Well, how does that compare to an electric car? Well, electricity, and here, you, here we are, and there's some places around the country that are kind of expensive, California, Hawaii, you know, the East Coast. Electricity at $0.25 cents a kilowatt hour, and let's say your, your electric vehicle gets 2.3 miles per kilowatt hour, that means that you only can drive with this electric car nine miles per dollar. Now, what's kind of interesting about EVs, unlike regular cars, is almost all EVs get about the same mileage. I mean, you're not going to see a huge difference between a high-end Tesla and the, you know, the cheapest little EV. That's because they recover their energy as they, they stop. So really, most of the energy consumption happens when they're driving on, at highway speeds, and it's just basically wind resistance. Whereas with regular cars, the, the mileage is almost proportional to the weight of the car. Okay. So, let's look at what what are some of the options here. Well, what about charging your EV at a public charging station? Well, I guess people who have EVs know this. This is, It's a surprise, but it's very expensive to charge your car at one of these public charging stations. They're, they're kind of all over. It's like a parking meter, but it's got a, a, a long cord. You plug into it, but you kind of put in a card and, and it hits your charge card. It's actually two or three times more expensive to charge up at one of these convenient public charging stations than to charge at home or charge obviously at your, at your business. And that's because they they charge you like a fixed amount per hour. Like Let's say it's $5 per hour and they don't charge really, really fast. So in that hour, you're going to get $5 of electricity, but it's at their rate, which could be 75 cents to a dollar a kilowatt hour, as opposed to what you might spend at home, which is 25 cents. So it's great for a quick top up. But if you're gonna really charge your car a lot, it's gonna end up being expensive. So better to charge at work or charge at home. By far and away, the best thing is to charge with solar. I mean you run you run through the numbers and this is what, what I do, and lots and lots of our customers do. Your cost for solar energy is about seven cents a kilowatt hour. It varies a little bit. So it's by far and away the cheapest. That means with if you're charging your car from solar, you can go thirty three miles per dollar that you invested as opposed to you know more like 9 if it's on a regular charging or 13 for for a regular car now on a purchase basis EVs are also more expensive. So, we talked about the operating cost of the the mileage. Well, they're more expensive than gas cars, but there's tax credits, uh, both federal and state, that help a lot. And the other thing you have to remember is EVs generally have much lower maintenance. So, myth is electric cars are cheaper. And the reality, I'd say, in, in most cases, gas cars are still cheaper. Nevertheless, EVs, if you charge them from a clean energy source, much, much better for the environment. Okay. Myth number two, rooftop solar is expensive. Well, it used to be expensive, but it's not expensive anymore. The cost of the solar panels... I mean, heck, since I started around 2000, the solar panel would cost $1,000. Now you can get a much bigger solar panel for less than $200. So the prices have come down by like a factor of 10. It's amazing. So when you look at the costs for electricity generated by solar rooftop solar is by far and away the cheapest source of power for your home or your business. Now, granted, um, if you install these systems in huge utility scale situations, wind is comparable to solar, but both solar and wind completely beat the pants off of conventional fossil fuels. Now, the other thing that helps for for areas where electricity is still, you know, happily, happily not too expensive, you know, 10, 15 cents a kilowatt hour, many states have big rebates for solar. California doesn't have any anymore. Hawaii doesn't have any anymore because the electricity costs are so high in these states that that solar just stands on its own terrifically well. But there's other states that have incentives and take advantage of those. Your local solar installer will help you out with that. And you also got to remember that there's a 30% investment tax credit that's still that's still in place. So kind of look at what we have for our customers around here in California. Your locked in price of electricity with solar. When I say it's locked in, it's because you're going to get that power for 25 years. There's almost no maintenance except cleaning the panels and maybe replacing an inverter. Halfway through, but your locked-in cost of solar electricity is, yeah, six or seven cents a kilowatt hour, compared to what it is right now for regular electricity of twenty or thirty cents a kilowatt hour. And guess what? Electricity prices are only continuing to go up, where solar prices are, are have kind of come down a lot. So with incentives, it makes a lot of sense. So the, so the the reality is, solar is much cheaper than utility power. Okay, another myth. Myth number three: buying new energy-efficient appliances saves money. That's kind of true on an operating basis, because these appliances are more energy efficient, they use less electricity, but the reality is you gotta buy a new appliance. So I kind of took a look at my old fridge. It uses 1,400 kilowatt hours a year. So you know, you kind of divide that through. It's about $350 a year in electricity. I could buy a brand new fridge that's only gonna use 400 kilowatt hours a year. That's great, but at a 25 cents a kilowatt hour electric price, in many people it's more, it looks like I'm gonna be spending $350 a year on the old fridge versus $100 a year. So I'm going to save $250 a year if I buy that new fridge, but I'm going to spend over $1,000 for that new fridge, so I've got a four-year payback on that. You know what? I'm just going to wait until that old fridge dies, and then I'm going to put it in the garage, and I mean I'm going to t- recycle it. But if you have that old fridge and it's inefficient, you put it in the garage, don't use it a lot because that's not going to be very cost-effective. You're going to spend a lot of money on electricity. Same thing for TVs and air conditioners. The new stuff is much more efficient, but you've got to replace that appliance. And you look at people who are putting in new heat, Heating systems. If your heating system dies, definitely replace it. But it doesn't make a lot of sense, at least to me, to save a few hundred dollars a year on a new heating system electrical cost, but spend five or ten thousand dollars to put that system in. So so just kinda you gotta remember the cost of the appliances is very, very high. So generally the best thing to do from an economic standpoint is wait for those old appliances to die. Then replace them with the most energy energy efficient thing you can afford. Okay, next myth. Utilities are the most reliable sources of electricity. Well, this is, this is one of those things that used to be the case, I think. One would hope it's still the case, but in the reality, it's no longer the case. I have to remember first, Utilities maximize their profits by installing new equipment, by building up their nest assets. They didn't make no money by doing maintenance. So they haven't been doing maintenance on the local grid. And what's been happening all over the, the country, and I've just been seeing it happen again and again and again here in Silicon Valley, is buying EVs, they have new air conditioners, they have electric appliances, they're putting in heat pumps. There's more load on the local grid. So on a hot day, people plug in their ACs and their EVs to charge up. Boom, the transformer fails. So it's amazing to me how many blackouts are happening locally in Silicon Valley, in the suburbs. I'm not even talking about storms and, and disasters like, like have happened this year in in Texas and Florida and Puerto Rico. I'm just talking about little disasters. But you know when you have a big disaster like a fire and earthquake. The utility's not going to be there, so backup power is a really handy thing to have. And now it's affordable and clean. It's kind of also strange because we used to be able to kind of deal with candles and you know light a fire in the fireplace. Well, we don't you know don't have a, a fireplace is no longer are operable. You can't run the heating system. So really, backup power is pretty handy to have. All right, last myth: solar for no money down is a good investment. Well, this is one of those things that really propelled the solar industry about seven or eight years ago to get solar on a lease and no money down. The reality is the leases and the PPAs are really expensive because you have to make those lease and and PPA payments. And most vendors of these systems escalate the payments by... 2.9% a year. So you end up really not saving anything on an operational basis. And since you don't own the system, it doesn't become an asset to your house. You're not increasing the value of your home. By far and away, a better thing to do is buy the system, put it on a home equity loan, or get a property assessed clean energy or PACE loan. You're going to end up with much better economics, and it's going to increase the value of your house. So the myth solar for no money down is a good investment. You know what? There's no such thing as a free lunch. The reality is solar leases and PPUs are almost never a good investment. By far and away, the best thing to do is pay cash or get a loan with PACE or a home equity loan. Next myth, LED bulbs are expensive. I mean, boy, they've come down so much, I'm going to have to take this off my list. LED bulbs Dozen years ago, it used to be $25 each. Then they were $12 each. Now you can buy like a three pack for less than $5. Last weekend, I was at, you know, kind of a Black Friday shopping, and I just bought a whole batch of, of weird kind of shaped bulbs, uh, hi hats and halogen things, 12 volt halogen LEDs, just to kind of replace a lot of the bulbs in my house. And, you know, it's interesting, you go to the, the uh, hardware store, you can't even buy incandescents anymore unless you get like the antique looking bulbs. Now, there are a lot of incandescents that that are really not the standard edison bulb but they're really little mini halogen bulbs in a in a bigger glass bulb so and you kind of look at those and and they use a lot more energy than leds they use a little bit less than regular incandescents but they use a lot more energy than leds it's like 5 times more And the other thing, the other trend is those CFLs, compact fluorescent bulbs. So they came out with those maybe 25 years ago. They're basically going away because the LEDs are just cheaper. So I was really looking through the economics of these things. And, you know, just kind of the way I like to look at it is on a five year basis of of bulbs, looking at the replacement cost of the bulb, the energy cost of the bulb. I'm just going to kind of go through some of the numbers here that I put together. About $100 for a standard Edison 60 watt light bulb over five years. That's it with a standard. Standard usage cycle, and that's at 25 cents a kilowatt hour for electricity. If you use an ordinary bulb with a halogen insert, and this is what you know. These are energy star, but they're not really. That's going to cost you about 56 dollars over a five-year period. If you go with a CFL compact fluorescent. It's about $17. And now if you go with some of the new LEDs, it's down around $12 for a five-year operating cost, including replacements. So my advice, replace all of your commonly used bulbs in your kitchen, in your dining room, living room, bathroom with with LEDs. Select bulbs that have the right color. I I, kind of like these uh, bulbs that have a soft white color. It's not very blue or, or cold. It's not an outdoor light, not a daylight color. It's more of a yellowish color. It looks better on the indoors, more like incandescent. Now here's the issue, because I'm, I'm replacing these things. Watch out for dimming issues. Even the dimmable LEDs generally don't dim exactly as well. So so when you get them down to a low um, light level, they sometimes buzz. But nevertheless, the, the reality is LED LED bulbs are cheap and long lasting. Okay, myth number seven. Electric utilities like energy efficiency as well as wind and solar. Well, the reality is, don't pay attention to the commercials that they're running on the TV and the radio or the internet. The electric utilities, you have to consider what they do, what their business is, not what they say. Utilities make money. They're a business. They make money by selling electricity. The less electricity they sell, the less money they make. Um, They're required by public utilities commissions to manage these energy efficiency programs. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Why would a business be trying to market something that's going to be bad for their business? They're forced to do it. The other thing is that they get an automatic profit based on their net assets. So, the more assets the utilities have, the more generating systems, long-distance transmission lines, you know, the utility poles with the transformers on top, the more of those assets they have, the more money they make. So, they sometimes will talk nice things, and it's good, I think I appreciate it, about renewables, but they'll like it when they own the renewables. They want to own the wind forms. They want to own the solar generating assets. Now, they want to own the battery storage systems. They want the utilities to put in battery storage systems. They don't want customers businesses and homeowners to put these systems in because they make less money. They lose kind of on a double at twice. It's doubly bad for them. When the, the customers, the businesses and the homeowners are generating their own electricity, they get less revenue. And when that asset is bought by the, the customer That means the utility doesn't buy that asset. Once again, they get less profit. So the reality is, utilities really don't want businesses and homeowners to install their own solar and energy storage systems. They're not crazy about energy efficiency. They're being forced into it. So these measures, solar, wind, energy efficiency, they make a lot of sense for customers. Okay, next myth, clean coal. Heck, I don't even know where to start on this myth. It's just a complete oxymoron. These two words should never be next to each other, clean and coal. It's total nonsense. Coal is not a clean fuel, and it never will be. Got to remember this is a combustion of a dirty fossil fuel. Coal burns. It's carbon plus a lot of other junk. It gives off heat. That's how we get the, the heat that, that generates steam, that generates the electricity in a turbine. It also gives off carbon dioxide and water. Huh, so far, so good. we got heat, carbon dioxide, and water. But the problem is there's all this other bad stuff from impurities in coal. You've got oxides of nitrogen and sulfur dioxide. It causes acid rain. And you've got other impurities. And this is stuff that's dug out of the ground. So it's got mercury, coal ash, radiation, all kinds of other things, arsenic. So it's not good. Natural gas is mostly methane, CH4, burns much, much more cleanly. You don't have the mercury, the coal ash, the radiation, the acid rain that's caused. It still generates CO2. Natural gas still generates carbon dioxide, which is a global warming gas, but it's not that bad. Now, what about making coal clean? capturing the CO2. It's a great concept. All these ideas, sequestration, where basically we kind of pump it underground or we turn it into some kind of limestone material um, or use the CO2 somewhere else. So the problem is the thermodynamics don't work. You can't violate the laws of thermodynamics. There's energy released when the hydrocarbon bonds are broken. and If you want to restore those hydrocarbon bonds or if you want to put that carbon dioxide somewhere where it's never going to get out into the atmosphere again. That also takes energy. takes extra work. So what ends up happening is to make clean coal, it's very expensive than other fuels. And that's why there's been all these clean coal plants that have been tried. They're working. But they're really expensive. So the utilities kind of look at these clean coal plants and say, "Hey, if we put a scrubbers and sequestration equipment on our coal plants, it's going to make that electricity generated from that plant way more expensive than natural gas, way more expensive than solar and wind and battery storage. So basically the reality is we can have cheap electricity from coal, and we've had that. Or we can have clean electricity from coal, but we could never have cheap and clean electricity from coal. You can't make it cheap and you can't make it clean. That's why the coal industry is disappearing. Natural gas is a much cheaper fuel. It's not because even solar and wind are taking over. Natural gas just beats the pants off of coal. Got a lot of it, too. Okay. Next myth: Nuclear power is the best long-term power source. I mean, when I grew up, nuclear power was kind of the way to go. It's a good concept. Um, these these reactors would just be, you know, humming 50 miles outside of town, and then they'd just be cranking out power all day and all night. And you know, at one point, we thought that the electricity pr- produced by nuclear power would be too cheap to to meter. And then it kind of evolved into what we're thinking right now, where nuclear provides what's called baseload power. We need baseload power, kind of. In the evening, and just like that, steady source. Because at night you don't have the benefits of solar and wind. But it turns out that it's not that economic anymore. There's three unsolved problems. The first problem is nuclear waste. We still haven't figured out what to do with that. Nevada doesn't want it. The reactors. A lot of this is stored locally at reactors, even reactors that have been decommissioned. So we don't know what to do with that. There's the occasional terrible nuclear disaster. I mean, we had one in Fukushima about six or seven years ago. You know, you've got the Chernobyl, and you've got the um, Three Mile. Island issue, a bunch of other things. So you got occasional disasters. Not that's not very good, and there's a lot of cost to making sure terrorists don't mess with them. And then the cost of the nuclear plants is really, really high. It's ridiculously high, even to decommission these plants when they're done. So the nuclear industry valiantly has tried to solve these problems over the years. 60 years they've tried to make it cheaper, more effective, safer, and you know, you kind of look at it. It's just Heck, you know, it's just not working. The alternatives are getting cheaper, so solar, wind, and storage are here and they're much cheaper. Natural gas is much cheaper. There's continues to be a social bias against nuclear. And you know what? The last big nuclear power company, Westinghouse Nuclear, Westinghouse Electric Company, they went bankrupt this year. So that's kind of not a good thing. They were the last ones, they were the last gasp of the nuclear industry, and it's just not working out. Economics for nuclear power are terrible. Two of the VC summer plants that were under construction for a dozen years in South Carolina recently were canceled when Westinghouse Nuclear went bankrupt. And the only two remaining plants in the U.S. are in Georgia. This the Volkley Nuclear Plants. They're the only two ones left, and they're trying to figure out what to do. They're trying to get guarantees, loan guarantees from the DOE and other measures to prop up nuclear. But you know what? It just kind of doesn't make economic sense because it's not getting cheaper and the alternatives are really cheap. Most utilities have already, I mean, not most, almost all, they've moved on to wind, to solar, to energy storage, and to natural gas, and they've ignored nuclear and they're not even putting coal in anymore. So cheaper and safer alternatives to nuclear power. So the marchers against the Siegberg plant in 1977, I almost got on the bus to go to that, they can rest easy. We won. Nuclear power is dead because of economics. All right, last myth. We're using more energy than ever before. Well, actually, we're all using less energy ever before on a per capita basis. But our economy is still growing, so we're using more in some senses. But the, the reason we're using less is because of energy efficiency. And California has been particularly aggressive with their energy conservation targets our per capita energy consumption in California has actually been going down compared to the rest of the country. And even the rest of the country is kind of Plateaued, so our, our per capita consumption isn't going up. Our capita's are going up, more people, so our consumption goes up. But we're using less per person. Why? Because you know our cars are getting better mileage. We're talking about gas. The appliances are Energy Star. Our lighting is using much less power because of CFLs and LEDs. The TV is heck. We don't have those big tube things anymore that would weigh like a hundred pounds. It's just it's like hanging a picture on your wall right now. And even though we're transitioning away from fossil fuels to electric things, everything's less expensive. Now, the flip side is we have more gadgets. We got, you know, Everybody's carrying around a bunch of batteries in their pockets with their cell phones and their beepers and things like that. We didn't have that before. Um, we got more appliances, but they're all much more efficient. So the reality is we're using less energy than ever before, and we're using it actually in a different form. Okay, now, to summarize, energy technology is changing rapidly. Much of the conventional wisdom is no longer correct, so you've got to really look at these new options. That's all the time we have in this week's Energy Shows. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcast.